Hello and welcome to another episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm your host. And today, guys, we are going to be talking about the rise of design build, how you can work better together, whether you're a contractor, engineer, whatever side of the table that you're on, we're going to help you with design build um, and just know that it's going to be more and more popular as we go. Next thing we're going to talk about is getting your mind right, uh, doing what you say you're going to do and having somewhat of a is what it is mentality i'll tell you what that means in this episode and then on top of that we're just going to talk about uh some of the things that have been going on so matt's still moving um he's getting a new hq 2.1 built uh at his new house all that kind of good stuff plus he had an office move which is pretty exciting um so just total moving he decided to do it all at once and uh as anybody that's ever moved, you kind of know that it's uh, it's not a cut and dry thing. It happens over a period of time and, you know, it kind of is what it is. For me, um, still in my same office, haven't moved, uh, but looking forward to huge growth year. Uh, we're opening up uh, more opportunities uh, within Cowabunga Studios and all that kind of stuff, uh, doing a still doing all the software development improving revit productivity all that kind of good stuff we're also starting to take on and really go after some more engineering work um just seeing a huge demand of it and uh in particular going after design build uh work so without further ado go and talk about some of the things that i'm seeing within the design build world now obviously matt lives this on a day-to-day basis it is you know how he's built his uh, construction company and all that. And in a future episode, when Matt and I actually get a chance to uh, sit down and talk together, we'll have way more to say about this. But for right now, the things that I can say about design build is really, I don't see this going anywhere. You know, And if we look back in history, uh, we're kind of just repeating the cycle. So when you look back in history, you see architect as master builder. Right, they were the guys designing it. They were basically the general contractor, and then bringing in all the trades to execute their vision onto of what they had laid out and executing it, and being that kind of site superintendent, general contractor, bringing everybody together. And that's you know 100 years ago what architects did more or less. Granted, we didn't have mechanical, electrical, <laughs> plumbing systems in those buildings. Right, they were. Uh, basically just architecture and structure. Now with all the systems that we have that go into the building, right? You mechanical, electrical, plumbing, um, low voltage, data, security, access control. Um, you know, we just add a ton of systems into this. And then on top of that, the architectural changes that we've had over the years, right? Different materials, same goes for structural as well, where the amount of glazing, the amount of glass, the amount of um, different materials that we can put into buildings and use. You know, we're not just limited to stone and wood anymore. Um, we have a lot of other options. And then we have like precast concrete to use in buildings. So if you look back 100 years, you know, and then fast forward maybe to like 50 years ago when mechanical electrical plumbing systems came in this is where you kind of start to see a fracture in the industry now it's pretty obviously obvious looking back um and i'm sure living it was a little different right so looking back you could see that 
things kind of fractured a little more where you had architecture and then you had all these subsystems of, you know, mechanical, electrical, plumbing uh, coming in and forming engineering departments within the architecture firms to design and build these systems. Then you had the, you know, you always had architectural and structural engineering. Structural engineering over time has been more and more stringent. So that kind of became its own um, entity and discipline. And then you had on the contractor side, you went from general contractor and a few specialties to now um, you had a ton of more specialty contractors, right? Again, the rise of mechanical, electrical, plumbing contractors um, independently. And then you had, you know, all the other um, masonry, you had structures, you had steel, you had uh, landscape, site civil, you know, everything, right? And that has kind of been the way that it's uh, been done for the last 50 years or so, where you had some design build here and there, where it was an integrated team, uh, but really not a whole lot that that I could see going back through history. And then about maybe 15, 20 years ago, you started to see some of these, um, frankly, they're, they're contract vehicles, right? You saw them with the, the rise of uh, guarantee max price GMP contracts. You see some IPD integrated project delivery. Um, you see some uh, PPP you know, public private partnership projects and that kind of integrated delivery method for for things. So it's got a few different names. Um, and and GMP I've seen primarily it goes um, well. I've seen it both done both ways as a design bid build uh, concept as well as design build where from a design build standpoint you're putting together you know kind of pricing and design simultaneously like here's the the number for um design here's the number for execution or here's basically a number for design slash engineering here's the nine design here's the number for building and with those two numbers, you kind of get to a GMP, you have like initial early budgetary pricing. And then as you move forward, you'll then have uh, kind of final uh, guaranteed max price for the project. So a little bit hand in hand, and this can be, I mean, you can slice this so many different ways. And without <laughs> repeating myself or, or making this so um, kind of, just oblique, right? That you can't see any anything past it is design build projects can go a ton of different ways. Contracts can get set up a ton of different ways. There's a lot of ways to go about it. I don't think that there's really one solid way of doing it. Now, Matt's going to disagree and say his way is the best way, which is as he should. But I haven't seen anything come back come down from like DBIA and say, this is the way you run it. This is the way that... Um, you know, design builds meant to be, this is how we go about it. I think there's a lot of room for not just improvement, but standardization across of it. But that's also part of the benefit of design build is that you can run this however you kind of deem worthy, right? In some ways, um, so like for some design build projects, you're going to have, um, you know, Basically, the contractor, the general contractor is going to hold all of the contracts. It's going to be one uh, contract to the owner. So the owner is only going to have one ties to get this building done. The general contractor will then come together and, you know, they'll select an architect that'll be independent. Then they'll um, potentially 
either select their own structural engineer or that comes through with the steel package or it's going to be executed under the architect right the architect's going to go hire the structural engineer to put all of that together and then for mechanical electrical plumbing low voltage uh site civil all that kind of stuff um well really mep is typically going to go then under the specialty contractors right it's going to go under the mechanical contractor is going to hire their own engineer the electrical contractor is going to hire their own engineer um mechanical probably also has plumbing in-house if not you know there's going to be someone else to sign off on the plumbing design and drawings so those will be executed typically through the contractor then for site civil um typically that's going to be its own independent um engineer and then you know hire civil contractors from there so uh, again, could be executed a ton of ways, or the the site civil contractor has their own in-house engineer, and then that gets executed through that contract. So again, it's trying to just condense the amount of contracts that are being held and signed, um, reducing that number, and again, putting engineering up under each of the specialty contractors, which the biggest benefit that I've seen in doing this and doing it directly to an electrical contractor which makes it pretty interesting rather than being contracted to the owner is that we can make a lot of decisions sooner in the project um, the big ones are on pricing and availability right one set of gear um, and electrical gear in particular and this is what i'm going to make reference to because this is what i understand and know the best is most all electrical gear and i know manufacturers will disagree with me but in my mind um, they're pretty much the same right? They're going to have to meet UL standards. They're going to have to meet listing criteria. Um, and outside of like Federal Pacific, you know, Color Hammer, uh, Eaton, Squirty, their Siemens, GE, those are pretty much all the same, right? Not no Federal Pacific. We don't allow that. That, that is a fire hazard documented known fire hazard. But for the main manufacturers, right, for GE, Siemens, Color Hammer, uh, Squirty, it's pretty much all the same. Uh, gear right same stuff all good right some has better things than others and you can say that across the board um you know i, I do have some preferences in there but again really it comes down to what's the pricing what does the electrical contractor prefer to work with um, which means it's going to be easier for their guys in the field to install it they're going to work better with it uh, we'll get a better product because they're familiar with that gear how it's uh built constructed um and then on top of that is availability right if let's just say that color hammer doesn't have availability or their availability is out 50 60 weeks and we can shave let's say 20 weeks with square d or vice versa you know we're going to go with the other manufacturer and that makes a decision really quick really easy and you could do that on the front side of the project versus waiting for let's say a design bid build where you know it takes the design team however many months to get through design then we go to bid and then in the bidding phase right we have to go through substitutions what we're going to accept what we're going to reject what's equal what's not reviews all the time to to do a review to make different choices and that's going to just extend timelines right it's it's good for the owner in in some ways in that um they're going to get numbers that are pretty even, right? They can clearly scope a project, right? When they have 
construction documents. Scoping a, a project is going to be a lot easier, meaning that everybody on the street is bidding the same exact thing uh, versus what you have in design build where like, hey, here's a box, give me a price, right? <laughs> like whatever you need to make your best guess and estimate as to what's going in here. Um, you know how these things go. You're going to price it for me. And this creates a huge variety of pricing out on the street because you know one contractor is going to include everything that you need and their price is going to be higher because it's including everything you need other contractors just don't know right they don't have the experience to to go through it and so this means that they then um, are going to have more difficulties in, in pricing the project and dealing with it um, and moving from there so big thing here uh, realistically in being able to move forward is um, one, putting trust, you know, in who you're working with and going back and forth on it. Two is um, it, the more trust that you have in for basically this goes to an owner, right? The more trust an owner has in their their contractors and who they're working with, the more you can do design build because inherently there's just a lot of trust that goes into those types of projects where contractors are making design decisions they're making um, installation decisions they're doing a lot of kind of autonomous decision making that you have to have trust in that they're going to make the right choices do the right decisions to get this project uh what you want at the end right and so the less trust you have and then also the more transparency that you need on a project um is going to be inherent to everything that that's going on right so the the more you have trust the more you can do design build the less you have trust you're going to have to put a full set of construction documents so that everything is documented everything is transparent especially on private public projects where you you need three bids they're going to have to be fully scoped um, all that kind of stuff. And then there's just not as, there needs to be transparency there. And then there's some trust, which is more why those projects end up going design, bid, build. Um, we're seeing some more go to a, where you need three, three bids, three proposals, all that kind of stuff is the general contractors are going to go with their chosen design team and contractors to present to the owners and do the the whole dog and pony show of presentations and they're going to do that and so that the owner can say that they got three bids um, and do that up front uh, for that through the general contractors um, who have the design teams under them and again one contract then from owner to contractor and then the contractors take care of everything else so there's there's some of that kind of work around that that's out there um, not as much most all of the design build work is on uh, private projects so you know not not in any government buildings not typically schools even though we see some of that um, and especially obviously private schools can can do that but not public uh, institutions you're seeing some of it in you know private institutions for um, higher education and then obviously like manufacturing and all that kind of stuff is pretty easy rise for design build and again everybody being contracted up uh, through the, the the general contractor and then executed from there a lot more trust you know typically like Matt will say is he's been working with especially contractors for years there's a lot of trust with those guys they're a cohesive team 
uh, by and large, and that creates a lot of trust, which creates a lot of autonomy, which means that they're going to do you know a good job, which is why, to my next point, <laughs> is doing what you say and delivering on what you say you're going to do is huge. Really, you have all the opportunity in the world in this industry in construction, um, but you have one chance to lose it. And what I mean by that is you can do everything right for a very long time and one uh, massive screw up will ruin your entire reputation. Uh, Warren Buffett has an awesome quote around this and saying that your reputation takes a lifetime to build and a moment to lose, right? Doing something that is totally out of character, totally um, outside of who you are, totally outside of that will ruin um, relationships. It'll ruin trust. It'll do a lot of bad things, which is why if you're heated, if you're emotional, if you're not in a right state of mind, don't have those conversations, you know, sleep on it. It can wait a day, um, write it out, do it in a way that you're not going to accidentally hit send on that email, you know, like put it in a separate document, all that kind of good stuff, write it out longhand, you know, go and talk to somebody, do all those things so that you don't say or do something that you're going to regret later that will ruin your reputation. So getting your mind right around, like doing what you say, and following through on those actions is huge. This is why, like Matt and I will talk about 75 hard and following through on that. Um, you know, honestly, like yesterday was a very tough day for me um, mentally, but because I'm on 75 hard, you know, I didn't compound the problem and make it worse, right? I didn't end up drinking a ton. Really, I didn't drink at all is the point, right? I didn't compound the problem and make it worse. And then today, waking up, feeling much better, doing a lot of uh, mental exercises, getting my mind right. And it helps to, again, I didn't say anything that I regret. I didn't go down a hole that uh, because of the emotional toll that I had yesterday, it's not going to ripple into the future, right? It stays there. It's not going to cause any ill harm, ill will, nothing like that. And so I took the, the evening to not do or say anything that I'm going to regret down the road. Um, and I did not compound the problem. So the other side of this is um, really in pricing. So pricing has been fairly consistent for before 2020 for 10 years. And so we didn't have too many pricing adjustments that we made along the way. Now in the contracting world, you know, prices are always fluctuating, that kind of stuff. But on the whole, things were made fairly consistent, right? You had a couple percent increase here and there, but nothing like we saw in 2020, 21, 22, and even uh, 23. I mean, you just saw over that those four years, um, really massive price adjustments, price swings, availability, um, it got crazy. And so because of that, you know, prices have adjusted up fairly significantly. And while the market might not be fully adjusted to a lot of this, you know, in our hourly rates, in our uh, cost of doing business, we really haven't had those increases baked into a lot of what we do. And so one is, I mean, you've got to increase prices in, in what you're doing. Two, it's also having kind of an is what it is attitude. Like, hey, uh, for a project recently that I quoted is like, I did it a few different ways. And 
it's like I, I still keep coming up with this thing being like 1200 hours of design work for just electrical. And so, you know, gave them a price around that. And it's like, yeah, man, this is, this is what it is. Like, this is, um, what I, I see it is like, I don't know how to get anything out of this, right? Like I just, this is what it's going to take time-wise to execute on this project. So, you know, we've got to act accordingly around it. And with that, like, it's a big ordeal to, to do it. Now I could be totally wrong in it and we'll deal with that then. Um, but this is what I see for the information that we've been given for the amount of time that I'm going to have to put into this for the amount of people that we're going to have to bring on to, to do it. Like this is a big undertaking, a massive project. Like, you know, it's, um, kind of is what it is. So having that mentality, like, even though it's, it's maybe a, a bigger price, a bigger number than maybe you're comfortable with personally, you kind of have to get over that and through it. I'm still learning and going through it, which is why I'm sharing it here with you guys. Like this, some of this stuff is in real time um, or pretty close to it and documenting my journey through this, right. And putting out uh, bigger quotes, bigger proposals for bigger projects. And some people might balk at it. Others are, you know, um, and actually this was from one of the contractors is, you know, well, it is what it is. And so that mentality really helped me to be just more confident in what I know it's going to take to execute and do this project at a very high level. And so that they're happy with it. The owner's happy with it. The contractors are happy with it, right? Like there's no questions when those guys get in the field to start executing the project. Like all of that information is there. We've well documented it. We've coordinated, like everything is as it needs to be on the project. And so I can't, you know, shortchange myself, the project, you know, it's having that kind of is what it is mentality around like, Hey man, this is what it's going to take us to, to do the project, to execute it. You're paying for our knowledge, our experience, our expertise. Um, you know, and that's really like for both sides of the fence, right. On the engineering side, like you know, our overhead is, is pretty locked and consistent from office space and software and computers and utilities and all the normal overhead that um, contractors carry as well for their office and those people, right, and salaries and all that kind of good stuff. And then on the contractor side, you guys have so many more uh, variable costs and materials and shelling out money and cash flow things to, to deal with than we do on the design side. But again, you're getting both sides are getting paid for their experience, their expertise, their knowledge, their ability to execute um, and doing what they say they're going to do, right? Showing up on time is a big deal these days, guys. So I think that in wrapping this up and, and kind of pulling this to a T is that design build is here to stay. I see more and more projects going that way. Now, if you're just doing institutional stuff, um, you're going to really see it not change a whole lot. You know, hospitals are going to continue. If you're contracted directly to a hospital because of all their requirements, you're going to see them stay with a design, bid, build um, attitude. Really, contractors are going to be in there and doing pricing throughout kind of traditionally how we've done it. So you're going to see that stay. I think higher education, um, for the most part, is going to stay on that side of it, except for like off-campus pieces that'll go to like public-private partnership type of stuff or IPD projects. So you'll see some there, but on campus, um, it'll, I would tend to, to lean towards it staying as a design bid build type project, all public works projects, um, you know, schools, 
uh, you know, any government building, libraries, prisons, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, well, I say prisons, but that should be like uh, public, publicly owned, not privately owned prisons. And then for any, you know, firehouses, police stations, EMS, anything like that, that's in the uh, public sector is going to stay as a design bid build project. There's really no way around that uh, for their requirements and, and by law to what they need for transparency and all that kind of stuff, even even bidding, equal bidding, yada, yada. So um, design build isn't going away. Get your mind right around, you know, do what you say you're going to do. Having an is what it is mentality. And more so, guys, here in 2024, it's super important to just be a person of integrity. You know, in construction, we've got a um, mainly from the residential side, but I think it stems, you know, through most of the industry. You can't do this too long in commercial, and you can get away with it longer in residential. But um, at the end of the day, like, you got to live by your word, you know, reputation is everything in this industry. It's a huge deal. So make sure that you're doing your part to live up to what you say you're going to do and just be a person of integrity. Huge deal. Lastly, thank you guys so much for listening. Matt and I appreciate it. And we look forward to having a great 2024 with all of you. Um, and as we proceed through this year, you'll see, you know, what I'm doing to, to build an engineering firm. Um, from the ground up, how we're going to use software to automate a lot of processes uh, that we've built and then build out everything uh, from there. So I'll kind of document the lessons that I learned along the way. And again, thank you guys so much for listening and until next time.